sponsored by Amazon. Hey, good morning. I'm Playbook co-author Rachel Bade. It's Wednesday, May 3rd. Some interesting 2024 news has been percolating in the past 24 hours. Donald Trump is talking about skipping at least one of the first two Republican primary debates, according to the New York Times. Trump doesn't want to give his challengers a boost by sharing a stage with them. As you know, he's currently leading all of his rivals by at least 30 points, some way more than that. So why give them an opportunity to take a shot at him? The Washington Post has an interesting anecdote up this morning saying that Trump actually told RNC chairwoman Ronna McDaniel that all the primary debates should be canceled because he's very clearly the party leader. And you might recall that just a few months ago, Ronna promised as part of her reelection campaign for the RNC position that she would stay neutral in the Republican primary. So obviously she couldn't do that. It may not surprise you But the other reason Trump is looking at skipping these debates is because of personal grudges. Fox News is hosting the first debate in August in Milwaukee. Yes, the same Fox News that called Arizona for Joe Biden, something that Trump has yet to forgive. Trump has also told associates that Brett Baer might be the one to host. He doesn't exactly like Brett Baer, who refused to pander to his election lies about beating Biden in 2020. Trump is also not exactly thrilled with the idea that the second Republican primary debate will be hosted at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library. That library has been doing a recent speaker series called A Time for Choosing that has hosted a number of Trump's rivals, including Ron DeSantis, Chris Christie, Mike Pence, Tim Scott, and Nikki Haley. I think they even had Liz Cheney. So not exactly a place that Donald Trump wants to be associated with. So why does all this matter? It matters because it really could limit the opportunity of other Republican presidential contenders to take a shot at Trump, who's clearly the front runner. And if they don't have that moment, how do they create these viral moments and grow their poll numbers? That could be a problem. But we also know Trump. We know it's really hard for him to resist the spotlight. And Republicans that I've talked to since these stories have posted have predicted to me that he ultimately will end up on the stage. He just won't be able to resist. The second story of the morning, although it's kind of the story of the week, the month, and the first half of this entire year, the debt ceiling. I'm sure you've heard by now that President Joe Biden and congressional leaders are going to be meeting at the White House next week to talk about the debt ceiling. But don't expect any progress at that meeting. We can report this morning that this steering contest is going to be going on for much longer. Yes, Speaker Kevin McCarthy was able to unite House Republicans behind a GOP debt ceiling bill last week, but Hill Democrats are telling us that they are still convinced that they have the upper hand in demanding a clean debt ceiling increase. I was in the Senate yesterday and Majority Leader Chuck Schumer was basically telling reporters that the onus was still on House Republicans to start bargaining down from the proposal they had put up last week. And this comes even though Republicans are arguing publicly that the ball is in Democrats' court and that Joe Biden needs to counter their offer with his own offer. Against that backdrop, lawmakers in the White House are starting to look for off-ramps. I'm going to go through a few of them this morning. Number one, in the House, Majority Leader Hakeem Jeffries revealed that One of his members had actually quietly filed a shell bill that could, in theory, be used to make an end run around McCarthy on the debt ceiling. Democrats are calling this discharge petition strategy the, quote, Swiss army knife. But they're going to need five House Republicans to go along with this idea to actually do it. And already a number of moderate Republicans are panning this idea, saying they're not going to defect from McCarthy. Number two. 
The New York Times is reporting that the White House has been quietly talking about using a provision in the Constitution to unilaterally pay the nation's bills, even if Congress refuses to increase the borrowing limit. They would be invoking an obscure provision in the 14th Amendment that essentially says that the country has to continue to pay its bills. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, it's obviously something that has never been done before, and even Democratic administrations have rejected this idea in the past. So we'll see. Number three, in the Senate, uh, Republicans are starting to watch very closely the words of Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema. They're hoping that these two moderate members will find a way to break this no negotiating logjam and convince Biden and Democrats that they have to give concessions. There's a story up right now by my colleague Burgess Everett, who actually has the scoop on this. He talks about how Cinema, for instance, recently dined with McCarthy and told him of her hopes to be part of the solution on this. Number four, on both sides of the aisle, we are starting to hear lawmakers talk about potentially punting this issue altogether. Senator Rick Scott told one reporter yesterday that he would be open to a 30-day debt limit increase if the White House was constructively negotiating with Republicans. We heard something similar in the House from Brendan Boyle, who told Bloomberg News that he was also open to this idea and that it might give them a little more, quote, breathing room. The big unknown of all of this is actually what is going to change this steering contest, right? Is it going to be a freak out from the business community? Is it going to be a freak out from frontline Republicans and Democrats who start to get nervous and demand action? Some Democrats are hoping that Mitch McConnell will actually swoop in and save the day like he has in debt ceiling negotiations in the past. But McConnell said yesterday to reporters when we were up there that he's not going to do that, that he thinks Kevin McCarthy and Biden need to find their own solution. So, guys, this is looking pretty bad. And just a reminder that Treasury said the other day we could see the nation bump up against the borrowing limit as soon as June 1st. And for the rest of your schedule... At 11.45, the president will receive the daily briefing with Vice President Kamala Harris. The two are having lunch together just after noon. And at 6.30, Biden and First Lady Jill Biden will host a dinner for combatant commanders. The Senate is in today. And at noon, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is going to be hosting some sort of press conference to preview a new initiative that will be part two of the bipartisan bill passed last year to help manufacturers compete with China specifically U.S. manufacturers, to compete with China. The House is out. For an expanded schedule of everything happening in D.C. today, and especially for more reporting and scoops, check out Playbook this morning at politico.com slash playbook. I'm Rachel Bade. Thanks for listening. All employees should have the opportunity and tools to grow their careers, regardless of where they start. That's why Amazon offers a range of free training programs designed to help employees move into higher-paying roles within Amazon. Learn more at aboutamazon.com.